Welcome back to Life in the Front Office here in January. This is our second episode of 2019. Last week, we actually got an introduction from myself, the host, and was on with Andy Dolich, um, talking about all of the awesome guests we're going to have on uh, this coming year. Today, we've got Steve Brenner on along with Fred Clare, and I'm really interested to hear about Steve's career. Um, For those of you listening, We've covered a lot of different topics thus far. A lot of different guests have come on from a variety of backgrounds. I think Steve is, Steve is really unique in the sense that uh, he and Fred both worked for the Dodgers for a long time. And uh, we'll dive into publicity, communications, and, and really what Steve's up to today and uh, some of the lessons that, and wisdom he can share. So Fred, why don't you go ahead and introduce Steve, a longtime friend. Happy to, Jake, and uh, it's a treat, really, to introduce Steve, because I want to say this. If there is a prototype for young people, talking about teenagers, who have a passion for sports, who want to enter the sports business, Steve is that person, and not only entering that business, but going on to great success with the Dodgers as publicity director and great success in starting his own company. So Jake, uh, we, we, we will have a lot to learn today from Steve because there are a lot of people working for sports organizations or in the business, but those who have the ability to take the leap and to begin their own business. And I think that's so important today in a period of, entrepreneurs and taking control of your own life. Uh, and, and Steve is that person. Uh, my connection with Steve first came, I believe, in 1970. I had become the Dodgers publicity director in 1969. That sounds like the dark ages, which it was. <laughs> Steve was, uh, I believe, 19 years old. Uh, he had had a chance uh, through his interest in uh, a former Dodger player, Norm Sherry, and his interest in sports to go to work uh, for the Angels uh, for a period of time. That was a long drive from where Steve lived. So Steve uh, made up his mind that he was going to come to Dodger Stadium and see me about a job. Steve came to my office every day. It was the spring, as I recall, of 1960. I, or 1970, I was a one-man band. Steve would show up, and, and if I didn't have time to see him, he would show up the next day. And if I didn't see him that day, he would show up the next day. And I figured, <laughs> I, I, really, I, I figured that I'm either going to have to buy a couch to put in the lobby or give him a job. And uh, <laughs> one of the best things I ever did was to give Steve uh, a job with the Dodgers. And then in 1975, uh, when I um, was promoted to the position of, the, of uh, Vice President of Public Relations and Promotions, uh, replacing the legendary person, Red Patterson, uh, I was asked by Peter O'Malley who should be the publicity director. And I said, there is only one candidate. There's only one candidate. And that was Steve, uh, who became the youngest publicity director in Major League Baseball at that time, at the age of 24, went on, as I say, to a great career with the 
Dodgers started his own business and now indeed is back with the Dodgers in a consulting role, along with many other assignments from the Super Bowl to boxing, major boxing events, to PGA, to the National Hockey League, to you name it, and sports, and he has done it. So happy to have Steve Brenner with us. Well, thank you, Fred. Golly, what an introduction. I was going to say, that's quite quite the introduction. Fantastic. I didn't, you told me persistence pays off. So when, you know, when you put that couch out there, I just, you know, (laughs) took advantage of it. Yeah, you sure did, Steve. Well, Jake, uh, my time in Los Angeles, needless to say, uh, um, I was oddly enough thinking about going into the world of accounting when I was going to high school. And by chance, uh, uh, I was a C track uh, runner. I ran the 660 at Grant High School, and I wasn't very fast. So uh, I was helping the coach, uh, who was a legendary coach at uh, that time, had come over to Grant from Jefferson High School. Uh, uh, His name was Estelle Johnson. And so I was helping him uh, with the track meet, and I ran into a gentleman by the name of Pete Koken, who uh, was kind of like a second father to me. And he didn't have anybody to cover the East Valley League uh, prelims and finals at Valley College. So um, I know he was asking the coach about that. So I just being persistent, I said, hey, I'll cover I'll cover the track meet for you. And uh, so the, uh, the just by chance meeting uh, Pete uh, kind of got me involved in the I love sports and he got me involved in the world of sports writing. And all of a sudden I got involved and became the sports editor at the high school newspaper. And Pete kind of took me under his wing and taught me a lot about journalism and covering sports and got the opportunity to uh, cover uh, a few events. He was the sports editor at then was called the Valley times Um, and then they merged with the citizen news and unfortunately both those papers are gone today but uh, (laughs) so I kind of switched the gears and went from an accounting major and decided uh, that uh, my passion was sports and sports writing and uh, as Fred said I was meeting people and this business is all about contacts and relationships and I did meet Norm Sherry and uh, Roger Craig, uh, uh, and they introduced me to uh, George Letter of the Angels in uh, 1969. Uh, while I was still going to school, uh, I, I drove to Anaheim Stadium uh, every day and uh, was making in those days in 69, I was making $25 a day and uh, got the opportunity to write uh, scorecard features, do the lineups. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, my desk was across from the late, great uh, Dick Enberg, and uh, he used to come in the office around 1 o'clock and do his studying before each and every game, so uh, had that opportunity. So uh, uh, then 1970, uh, fortunately, Fred gave me the opportunity of a lifetime because the Dodgers have always been uh, my team of choice uh, from the Koufax Drysdale days. And uh, 
I uh, ended up at the Dodgers from 1970 uh, to 87, thanks to Fred. And uh, I can't say that I learned from uh, any two greater people than Fred Clare and the late Red Patterson, uh, who uh, the I remember the headline, I think, in in the Times, it said that Red Patterson could sell snowballs to Eskimos. So <laughs> uh, if you can do that, uh, I figured I'd uh, get involved in the world of public relations instead of sports writing. And uh, although, needless to say, writing is a big part of public relations and uh, and the world of sports. So uh, after 87, I left the Dodgers and uh, started my own uh, firm, BZA, actually partnered with uh, Toby Zweigel, who was my uh, uh, assistant at the Dodgers there and director of publications and uh, and built a, a sports PR marketing firm uh, that uh, we have offices in the Valley and I have an office in New York and I have two full-time people in Florida as well. So uh, um, that's the nature of, of my story and where I am today. Steve, where, where you're at today and, and you think back to your experience with the Dodgers and, and then starting your own firm, what does the communications PR firm landscape look like today um, for, for people who are interested in getting into that, to that world? And, you know, you mentioned before writing. Um, writing is a huge part. I was actually having a conversation with a colleague today about, you know, some, some things to focus on from a skill set perspective and and he said that if you can speak well in front of people and if you can write well, you can do a lot of different things. And, and I think that resonates with kind of your message and what you've done. Uh, but talk a little bit about the landscape and what that looks like right now. Well, the landscape uh, from the days Fred and I were there at Dodger Stadium. Well, I mean, we felt like we were working 24-7 at that time, but now it really is 24-7 with uh, the uh, the advent of the uh, internet coming aboard in 1994, and uh, I remember we used to carry a typewriter to uh, on the road. So now it's a computer. So uh, you know, you've got to uh, you got to change with the times, as they say. Uh, I think uh, the advice that he gave you about uh, about writing but uh, i think in this day and age uh, th this is more and more becoming a social and a digital world and i think uh, in, in the world of pr you have to be well-rounded for the change that's happening each and every day in this society and i think uh, uh, having a good social background social media background and and uh, in and grasping the digital world and what's happening uh, with Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and every other vehicle out there. Uh, you got to spread the gospel in the word, world of public relations. And I think uh, anybody that's going through, uh, um, you know, the landscape of uh, doing what you do in college to get your degree and doing the internships uh, are very important, but you know it's like being a utility person in Major League Baseball. If you're playing more positions, you're more likely going to have a longer career and able to do more things. So 
I think grasping uh, writing, social, digital, uh, sales, being a great salesman. And I think the most important thing is uh, contacts and relationships and getting to know people and uh, and helping one another. I think uh, I think that's that's what we're on this planet to do. Um, I will give you one other story that uh, um, Fred probably knows this story, but uh, the early years when I was working for the Dodgers, uh, uh, my first wife uh, had a, uh, uh, a friend of their family was the Dombrowski family. <laughs> and so uh, they, they asked me uh, to talk to a very young man by the name of Dave Dombrowski. I don't know who that is. You don't know who it is? Okay. (laughs) Well, he happened to get a World Series ring over me last year. So yeah, uh, Dave uh, called me. He says, I'm a business major, but, you know, I'd really like to get involved in baseball. I said, hey, uh, here's what I would recommend you doing. And, And he lived in Chicago at the time. So. Uh, I said, the winter meetings are at the Sheraton Waikiki. Bring your resume, put it in the, under the doors of everyone at the Sheraton, <laughs> and come in the lobby and uh, introduce yourself and try to, uh, to meet some people. Uh, I got to meet him at that winter meetings, and uh, we were standing in the lobby, and uh, I knew Roland Heeman of the White Sox. And so I told Roland, I was standing right there. I said, you ought to meet this young man. This is Dave Dombrowski, lives in your city, wants to get involved in the world of baseball. And uh, sure enough, uh, when Roland got back to Chicago, he hired the young man by the name of Dave Dombrowski. And you know where Dave sits right now. He sits in that general manager's chair at the Boston Red Sox. So... If you want something bad enough, uh, it goes to show you Dave was persistent, and uh, look where he is today. Well, you you did introduce him to quite the fine person in Roland, so uh, you do have to give a little credit to Roland as well uh, there. But uh, Fred, you know, to Steve's point about the winter meetings, so with Ari Kaplan about the winter meetings, those have since passed. Um, You know, in terms of what the PR communications, uh, people who are interested in that field, what they're doing, what they're coming out of college. I think you, t- you uh, spoke at a, a USC class with Jeff Bellinger about, you know, the, the landscape of communications. And now there's, there's all sorts of sports information director positions in college. And there's really more opportunities than ever before, uh, to Steve's point with the social media Fred, what are some suggestions you have with, with young students that you've been talking to lately um, to piggyback off of Steve's comment? Well, I, I would start, and Steve alluded to this, uh, I would start with the fundamentals. We can think about all of the social media. We can think about all the technical skills required, and that's all true, but I want to tell you my view of why Steve was so successful. And indeed, as he tells that story, why Dave Dombrowski was so successful. Because he made the trip, brought the resumes, was there in the lobby, 
with Steve, and you can talk about all the high skills. That's fine. With Steve, there was no job too small. And that may sound strange, but when you're in an entry-level position, Steve's seen this in his own company, there are things that need to be done that you're asking an entry-level person to do, and you need to accomplish those things with all of the uh, interest that you have, because I truly believe if you can't do the small things to start out, you're not going to be able to do the big things. The other thing Steve mentioned is the personal connection. And this has been a great strength of Steve. I've always said, if you want to judge someone in publicity, then if you take a baseball team, ask the media, the people they're serving, they will give you the answer. So I, I really think students should focus on the fundamentals uh, of, of dedication uh, and just uh, now again with Steve's career he, he was driving from the San Fernando Valley to uh, Orange County that's nearly an overnight flight to get there uh, you know, <laughs> especially with traffic nowadays old, he's, pro- he's probably got a, a car where he can't afford the gas and the thing's about to break down any minute um, <laughs> But, but I, you know, I, we, we get away from some of this. We, we get away from from the fact of uh, when you again, when you look at Steve now, who has a company, major events, office in New York, uh, a, a great staff of employees. A student can look at that and say, well, that's what I want to do. And that's fine. But the road there is a. It is a uh, is a difficult road, and it, it's a road that requires dedication. So I I think that uh, to the point, Jake, too, in terms of uh, the education is extremely important. The dedication is extremely important. Learn as much as you possibly can, and have a mind of curiosity. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. When um, we I initiated a golf tournament to benefit City of Hope, where I've undergone cancer treatment, uh, Steve told me that there was a young lady at City Hope who had worked for him in his company, Brenner's Weigel. And so I reached out uh, to this uh, young lady, uh, Julie Philkoff at City of Hope, and I knew, I knew because she had been trained by Steve, that she would be as good as gold. And she was. My point there is that in any position, learn. Learn from the people that you are around. Have that curious mind. Ask the questions. Reach, go beyond yourself in trying to understand as much as you can about uh, the business that you're working in and also, just as Steve did, when if you really want to do a job successfully, find out what your boss is trying to do and help him do it. So um, that, that, that should never be lost, Jake, because uh, if when you really get into the depths of successful people, I think you'll find a lot of common traits. Well, and to that point, Fred, uh, Steve mentioned persistency earlier, and 
getting in the door. But once you get in the door, the persistency, I can't imagine would stop. And so Steve, you know, how did you continue to be persistent? And then once you got to the level that you were at, is persistency something that you could coach people on? Or was it just kind of that innate trait that, that someone like yourself had um, that you really were, were looking for in someone else uh, that maybe had it as well? Well, I, I think the, the key was I had a love for the Dodgers and I had a love for baseball. So, I mean, anybody that goes to work every day should be so fortunate as I was. Uh, you know, to work for the Dodgers and work for great people. Uh, the Dodgers were a, a great organization, uh, still are a great organization, but the, the people that were within the organization are a special brand of people. And I was just fortunate enough to, uh, to be there. And I enjoyed waking up each and every day uh, going to Dodger Stadium because every day, brought another chapter uh, in the uh, the Dodger story, uh, whether it's wins, losses, trades, or uh, going to the winter meetings. And take, remember, we had trips to Santa Domingo to, uh, to uh, see uh, our players play in, in the winter leagues down there. So uh, each and every day uh, brought a new challenge, but uh, it was something, you know, I – I loved what I was doing and, you know, it doesn't matter if you're working for the Dodgers or you're working for another organization. Uh, if you enjoy what you're doing, uh, that's half the battle of, uh, of, uh, you know, employment is, is enjoying what you're doing. Sure. Well, and now you're, now you're in a position where you work with a lot of different clients learning about, you know, their businesses, how you can help them, how you can accelerate their growth, whatever it might be, um, or even, you know, from a communication standpoint, um, talk a little bit about what that looks like for you from a learning perspective and how, you know, I think you mentioned earlier in the episode, just continuous learning. Uh, and as Fred mentioned, trying to learn as much as you possibly can. Well, I, I can't say I'm, I'm an expert in the world of social and digital, so I'm I'm trying to learn along those lines every day. I have uh, uh, you know staff people that do know that area that certainly uh, help uh, my organization in fulfilling uh, those client needs along those lines. So uh, I would I would say uh, you know. Uh, just uh, keeping up with the Joneses and, uh, and trying to uh, facilitate the needs of, of the clients. And, you know, we're, we basically uh, deal with the media day in and day out, uh, whether it's the NFL at Super Bowl time. During that time, we uh, work on the Super Bowl experience. We do a lot of charitable events for the NFL. We do NFL honors, uh, the show that they have, uh, and we handle the uh, entertainment, the pregame show, tailgate, the halftime show, anthem singer, and the promotion of that. So, you know, along those lines, it's more media relations. And, you know, it's all a, about delivering and setting up interviews and, uh, uh, you know, making these folks accessible and, 
and and connecting the two parts. I know when I was with the Dodgers, and I, I might have picked this up with from Fred or or Red, but uh, I always viewed it as kind of a triangle and trying to get uh, you know the public as close to our players and also the media in that triangle and hopefully uh, uh, a snowball uh, turns into an avalanche as I recall because uh, Red's thing was about selling snowballs to Eskimos so uh, you know I I try to get those three pieces uh, as close together as possible and hopefully the end result uh, is uh, we draw 3.8 million people and uh, the players take care of the rest and hopefully we're in the uh, playoffs in the World Series, which is certainly the end result when you're with the Dodgers. Fred, one of the things that Steve mentioned um, was being able to kind of intersect the fans with the media and and kind of make a congruent circle in the sense that you know, it all kind of comes together. What's maybe one thing that's that's made Steve successful over the years or yourself successful where, you know, people might be able to adapt a strategy or philosophy in the terms of trying to get all the people aligned on the same, same path? I think one of the uh, great strengths uh, Steve has had through the years, I think this is uh, – critically important and Steve alluded to this personal relationships establishing working working to establish a bond with uh, in the case of major league baseball team the player or in any sport the athlete I, I don't know that there are very few people for example that have a stronger relationship with Tommy Lasorda or with Scully than Steve. Uh, but, you know, we, we all, we, we, all of us have obviously different personalities, but if you understand that you have to create and do everything you can to further this relationship, you are going to be able to make so many strides because you have to be able to, show that person, uh, that athlete again in this case, the baseball player, that, that there, there's a mutual interest in us doing this to promote the team that we're with, to further to advance the game, and indeed to help that player advance his own career. And, and that just doesn't happen. That, that requires... Uh, uh, a lot of effort. And again, in any personal relationship, uh, we, we don't control our personalities, but we can control the effort that we put into that. So I, I think the ability to uh, to establish those relationships, and, and I'm not talking about taking somebody out to lunch or dinner or buying them a drink. I, I'm talking about really showing that person that you truly care about him that you have or her that you have the best interest at heart and that goes a long long way because when you look back that's really what it's all about and indeed uh, that's who you are because you've heard me say this a number of times jake 
there's a scouting report on all of us, and it's very easy to read. If you wanted a scouting report on Steve Brenner, you call any television station, any newspaper in Los Angeles or indeed in any city in the country these days, and there's your scouting report. Uh, it's a result of hard work when you have a good report. Sure. Well, and Steve, it could be different. It could be not. But we'd love to get your thoughts on whether creating those relationships with players nowadays, especially with social media and the interaction and really the interaction with fans and, and the things that they can speak out about and not speak out about. Is it easier, more difficult to create those relationships with them now than it was you know, back then? Well, I mean, there's uh, the key word is probably trust. Uh, you know, the, hopefully the players trust you or the media trusts you in uh, whatever you recommend to them. I think, uh, as I told you about the social and digital world, you know, in spring training now, uh, I, I remember back in Vero Beach, I mean, we... Uh, you know, the Latin players, we brought in uh, uh, English teachers for them. So now, now, I mean, that's still there, but now at the beginning of spring training, I remember last year, we had somebody from the Twitter offices there, and we had somebody from Instagram and Facebook early before the team meetings that if players wanted help, on uh, how to uh, handle their Twitter account or uh, uh, Instagram accounts that these people would help them uh, along those lines, whether it was before the team meeting or after the workout, uh, those people would be there to assist them. I mean, we also uh, we ha have to educate the players because needless to say, uh, uh, those avenues can backfire on players as well. So they have to think twice before uh, sending out that tweet or posting that picture that, that is out there because uh, uh, we do a whole hour uh, showing uh, various uh, negative things that have happened over the years in the world of sports and entertainment that have backfired on people. So, uh, it, it is a two-way street, uh, so you, one has to be careful along those lines. But uh, I, I think uh, anything, uh, I try to sit down with the player one-on-one -on -one, uh, to make a request or suggest that they talk to this reporter. And uh, it, as I say, it comes down to trust and and me uh, knowing that I wouldn't be uh, setting them up uh, for uh, failure here. So um, I think uh, I think all those things are important uh, in within a player's career. And, uh, you know, I, I think a good example, if you look at Justin Turner, this young man, uh, he's a, <laughs> turned out to be a great player. But uh, he's a great humanitarian and does a lot of things out in the community and with his foundation and with his Twitter account. And uh, he's, he's something special. And uh, I think if, if more players look at what, what Justin is doing out there, I, I think he sets a, a great example. I, 
um, as a, as an example that I would uh, I would uh, put out there right now. Well, and you see more and more, you know, athletes trying to do more for their community, especially with how much you know they get paid nowadays compared to when when you started. Uh, with the Dodgers, right? And and I think you mentioned yeah. you're making 25 bucks a day, right? So it's, uh, it's a little, I don't know what that is currency wise, you know, to today uh, with inflation, but well, I can't California's, imagine. California is now about $15 an hour. So it's a little different. Exactly, exactly. But, well, you know, I, I think a, a player like Justin sees that, you know, his uh, lifetime span of being able to play in the major leagues is uh, is probably a short one. They're not long careers by any means, but what he is doing and how he uh, uh, does things uh, lend to what sponsors are looking for out there and selling their products. So that's another avenue for Justin in uh, in his relationship uh, world and and his baseball career and his career after baseball so um you know he's uh, he's presenting an award at the professional uh, baseball scouts dinner on saturday night to uh, our broadcaster Jaime Harin uh, who's been broadcasting uh the Dodgers in Spanish for 60 years but you know he he enjoys uh, that's on the MLB uh, network. So he enjoys uh, doing those TV shows and, and doing special things. And, um, and that's what, uh, that's what the game of baseball really brings about special people. Well, and that's for sports in general. I mean, I know you, you and Fred have, have spent a long time in baseball and as well as, you know, myself growing up and playing and coaching, but, uh, for really sports in general. And, and as you're kind of talking about all this, I, I think, you know, to ask Fred one more question as we wrap up here is really communications PR touches every department, right? Steve was just talking about how uh, it touches, you know, the, the, the sponsorships to the players, to um, everyone that's involved, right? On a, on a 24 seven basis, like Steve mentioned earlier, you know, Fred, talk a little bit about how much of an impact your, your communications and PR people can really have on, you know, an organization and the, the positivity and the perception around uh, a culture. Well, Jake, uh, in some ways it gets back to uh, one of your uh, earlier points that we really didn't get into um, any detail, but uh, – <laughs> When you talk about communications, uh, what are you talking about? You are talking about the written and the spoken word. Now, everyone doesn't have the gift of writing, but there are fundamentals in writing that you need to understand. The, the, uh, a, quote, simple press release and for me, nothing is simple in business. It's important. But the ability to, to write that press release is very important. That, that's a skill that uh, one can work on. And I also think that the ability to uh, communicate verbally. And a lot of that comes, of course, from uh, the written word. 
Uh, I don't think that I ever, in many, many things that I approached, uh, even as the general manager of the Dodgers, or we were going to have a significant <laughs> press conference, I wanted to be sure that uh, I, I knew what the words that I wanted to express because they become critically important. So those are fundamental, uh, Jake, to the, um, to the success of that. And um, uh, I, I think that uh, th those are areas, in all of these areas, um, we, we, we need to see improvement. There's one, one thing that happens along all of this, too. And Steve has seen this through the years. You can't fool the athletes. They know whether you have their best interest uh, at hand. You can't fool the media. They know whether you've done your homework or whether you haven't or whether you've handled the details of what they're trying to accomplish. So, you know, sometimes PR kind of gets or communications gets a uh, kind of a, a, of an image or it's just or it's PR. Uh, it's far more than that. It is these elements that we have been talking about in terms of skills, uh, approaches that can be approved, can be established and focusing on those areas uh, that are the building blocks to success. Well, well said, Fred. And, and I think if I take anything away from today's episode, it's, it's really, it's the fundamentals and, and how the fundamentals can really impact all facets of your skill sets in terms of relationship building and communication, speaking, writing, et cetera, all the things that we covered with Steve today. So uh, Steve, we really appreciate your time, Fred, yours as well. Uh, we know that, you know, there's all sorts of uh, busy uh, requests that are coming your way. And, you know, we appreciate you guys taking your time to, to join us on Life in the Front Office today. We're actually going to continue our baseball theme this next week. Uh, with Pat Gallagher bringing the president of the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown on to speak with us. So excited for that one to listen to Jeff. And then we're actually going to twist it up a little bit and add a second episode during the week. And we'll call it 15 Minute Fridays. So we're going to start a 15 Minute Fridays episode with some of the younger professionals that are currently in the industry. Do a, a quick, short little episode uh, 15 minutes, obviously, and, you know, talk a little bit about what those people are up to, uh, some of the things that they've learned along the way, and maybe some, some quick advice uh, in their field of study. So we're looking forward to, to more of that on, the, on Life in the Front Office. Follow us at Life Front Office on Twitter, uh, consistently gaining some followers there. Please share the episode with your colleagues. Uh, and we have surpassed 2,000 listeners today on, on our uh, podcast. So really excited to continue to see it grow. You know, Steve, thanks again. Looking forward to having you on again in the near future. Thanks, Jake. Thank you, Fred. Good to be with you, Steve. Good to have you on the show. <laughs>